I'll be reading a few verses from verse 46 down to um, 52. Mark chapter 10 from verse 46 down to verse 52. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm going to read quickly and then we get into God's word. Praise the Lord. It says, And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Tadinius, sat by the, the highway, sat by the highway side begging. Verse 47. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more. He cried the more. Praise the Lord. He cried the more a great deal. Hallelujah. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? Praise the Lord. What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? One more time. What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? In other words, how can I help you? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way. Thy faith had made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. <sighs> Thank you, Lord. Now, looking at this account carefully, you discover that this particular text is very, very sophisticated. Praise the Lord. There's so much information in this few verses, verse uh, 46 down to verse 52. Praise the name of the Lord. We discover that within these seven verses, there are a lot of spiritual insight. There are a lot of revelation, words of wisdom directives and instructions and many many things that you can find within these few verses praise the lord but today this morning we're going to be looking at just few and then we're going to focus on one particular one hallelujah and that one is in verse number um verse uh, 51 praise the name of the lord wherein jesus asks what will thou that i should do unto thee praise the lord now, let's look at the account carefully and let's deal with some aspects. Praise the Lord. The Bible says that there was this man that was blind, but the Bible never emphasized whether he was blind from birth or maybe he would have had an experience of his sight before and then he became blind. 
there's nothing mentioned all that we heard and read was that he was blind praise the name of the lord and his father's name is Tamius. praise the name of the lord but what he did normally in his lifestyle was to sit by the highway begging he sat by the highway and he was begging on that particular day that jesus christ was passing by jericho praise the name of the lord but then something happened eventually the bible says he heard that jesus was passing by and he began to cry they tried to restrain him to be quiet the bible says he cried the more and eventually jesus called for him and that was how he had his encounter with the lord and his life changed for good there are a lot of details that i want us to pay attention to in the first place blindness is never a pleasurable lifestyle being blind is not a pleasurable lifestyle one of the worst things that will happen to a person is to lose his or her sight blindness is quite a difficult lifestyle in fact if you are blind you are disadvantaged if you are blind you are disadvantaged because you cannot see and if you cannot see about 75 percent of your senses will go dormant why because you 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 will not be effective praise the name of the lord so you become disadvantaged when you are blind you experience restraint when you are blind you cannot go anywhere you want to go and even if you want to go and want to do certain things you cannot because you cannot see what you are doing praise the lord it brings you restraints blindness causes limitation it causes limitation blindness exposes an individual to casualty it causes limitation it exposes an individual to casualty you easily fall you easily get hurt praise the lord easily bump yourself your head or something and you know a lot of negative things will happen hallelujah there is also a level of ignorance there is also going to be a level of ignorance because people will just be telling you what is happening around but you don't actually know praise the name of the lord except if it is something that you can hear or you can feel then you get an experience but other than that you live under that level or aspect of ignorance you will not know what they are talking about um blindness also will cause one to depend on others partially you begin to depend on people partially depend on people to direct you depend on people to carry you to places to do certain things for you because even though you might want to do those things yourself you have the strength and you have everything in place but because you cannot see it affects all the other thing that um you're supposed to do it makes you very dysfunctional you become dysfunctional praise the lord blindness will cause a person to be dysfunctional hallelujah you become ineffective 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 praise the lord you're supposed to accomplish certain tasks within a short time if you're normal but then now because of this abnormality of blindness things becomes very very difficult what's supposed to be accomplished in few minutes will take you hours or maybe not even done at all hallelujah it brings to it brings an individual to a point of cognitive deficit hallelujah blindness brings an individual to a point of cognitive deficit hallelujah and this aspect will also lead to isolation isolation you don't go to places you don't do certain things you don't enjoy the pleasures of life like others the freedom the the liberty that others have to run around blindness will bring you to that point because why you cannot realize your environment praise the lord except what you will hear or maybe what you will feel 
But if you cannot see, it affects a whole lot, as I said, of the other senses of your physical being. Praise the Lord. Now, if you're paralyzed, just permit me to say this. I know it's very hard to discuss. But if a person is paralyzed, even when you can see, you can still be able to accomplish a whole lot. Hallelujah. If you, if you, if you, if you, if you, if you have your hand cut off or something happened, you can still be effective, right? And be able to do certain things. Praise the Lord. As long as you can see, you can be able to travel. You can be able to even drive. We see people in this country who are handicapped. They can drive. Thank God for that. There are people who can go to work even though, you know, something else is happening to them. But when you are blind, trust me. It's sort of like, as I said, it brings you to that point of limitation. Even though you have all these other senses functioning, you have the strength, you have what it takes, but you cannot deliver. Why? Because the blindness is sort of like an, a, a lifestyle of imprisonment. Hallelujah. You've been locked down. Praise the Lord. You are stuck. So this was exactly what this man was going through. This was exactly what blind Bartimaeus was going through for years. So eventually, he realized the only option that he had was to beg. So the Bible says he sat by the highway and he was begging. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But with, for, for years and years or whatever, a month or how long, we don't know, as I said, this man has been begging until the day he heard that Jesus was passing by praise the lord so when he heard that jesus was passing by the bible says right from that moment he began to cry for help praise the name of the lord now let me let me point this out let me point this out you know what we realize is that jesus had been going to places and doing many other things but this time when he came to the place where blind Bartimaeus was the bible said that he began to cry right away what we discover is that the man heard about Jesus, praise the Lord. He didn't, didn't see Jesus, but he heard about Jesus. But immediately he heard about Jesus. What he did was to take advantage of the opportunity. He heard that Jesus is coming. He's on his way. He's going to pass by. And it's right there on this point that he's going to pass by. So right there from that moment, he began to cry the more. The Bible says he heard that Jesus was passing by. He took advantage of the opportunity and he was crying. He cried out. It was a cry of faith. He cried out. It was a cry of desperation. He cried out. It was a cry of, 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 of hope. He cried believing that Jesus will hear him. He cried believing that Jesus will come to his head. He cried believing that Jesus is going to help. He cried believing that there is going to be a way. He cried believing that this day will mark the end of his battle. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, what you also have to pay attention is that, look at the same verse um, 46. The Bible says, and they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho, with his disciples look at this word look at this word pay attention to this i want you to pay attention to this very interesting it says a great what number of people a great number of people then he mentioned now blind batimius blind batimius praise god a great number of people blind batimius the son of tamius sat by the highway what what was he doing he was at the side begging so a great number of people were following Jesus while he was begging. Praise the Lord. I'm going to say that again. A great number of people were, were following Jesus while he was by the side begging. So but when he heard about what was going on right away, he changed the, the, the dynamics of his position from begging now to crying for help. Praise the Lord. Now remember, a great number of people were with Jesus 
But look at this. With all that they were doing, Jesus never called on anyone. Jesus never responded to anyone but to this man, blind Bartimaeus. Why? I believe they were talking, they were doing all sorts of things, but this man's cry was very unique. It was a cry of faith, as I said. It was a cry of hope. It, it was a cry of confidence in God. It was a cry of expectation, believing that today is my day, and I'm not going to miss out on this opportunity. If only he could hear me, my problem will come to an end. So he cried out. In the midst of the great multitude, he was the only one that Jesus Christ personally responded to. Beloved, may I say this to you? You can still be in the midst of the crowd, and nothing will be happening. We can still be jumping and dancing and shaking around. If your cry is not a cry of faith, it's, it's not about hoping and trusting and believing God, nothing will work. Praise the Lord. This man cried. And what was his cry? What was his plea? He was saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Now, now look at this. What, 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 what is terrible in this particular account is that while the man was crying for the mercy of God, while he was begging, the Bible says the people restrained him to be quiet. Hallelujah. I thought that this man crying for help, instead of being restrained, he should be restored. Instead of this man being restrained, he should be helped. He should be taken to Jesus Christ. Now the crowd and the disciples and the people were saying to him, you are causing noise. Be careful. Be quiet. And, and, and you know, be quiet. And, you know, imagine this. Imagine this. Jesus is passing by. And then you are crying and shouting aloud, hoping that Jesus, who they said is the healer, Jesus, they said, is the deliverer, is the miracle worker, is God upon the face of the earth, in the flesh. And he's passing by. Naturally speaking, are these people not supposed to take him to Jesus? Are these people not supposed to have compassion on this man? Are these people not supposed to show a kind of love and care for this man? Are these people not supposed to assist this man behind his responsibility and take him, in fact, to stop Jesus and say, there is a blind man here, sir, can you help him? Because they knew that Jesus could heal the blind. But instead what they were doing is to restrain the man to be quiet. May I announce to you this morning, no one will restrain you in Jesus' name. No one will stop you from receiving what you deserve in the name of Jesus. You know, there are religious people out there, I believe, that, will, that were there to stop this man. Equally so, you may be having some religious dogma, some doctrinal aspect that tells you, oh, God doesn't do miracle any, anymore, or miracle is not for us anymore. Or people may be telling you, oh, oh based on your condition, you are, you're, not, you're, not, you're not worthy to receive from God. They may use all kinds of things to shut you down just like they tried to shut this man down. They may use all kinds of things, all kinds of tradition, all kinds of religiosity, all kinds of, all, I mean, different kinds of concepts in order to restrain you or deprive you from receiving from God. May I say this to you? You will not be shut up in Jesus' name. You will not be restrained in Jesus' name. God wants you to lift up your voices this morning. God wants you to cry aloud. God wants you to show up. God wants you to plead. God wants you to pray the prayer of faith. God wants you to pray the prayer of hope and confidence in him, believing that he will surely see you through. Hallelujah. So while they tried to stop him, the Bible says he cried to them all. And what is also interesting in the, 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 the crying of this man was that he was saying one thing over and over again. Over and over again. What was he saying? 
Thou son of David, have mercy on me. The Bible, in fact, says when they stopped him, he persisted. He cried a great deal. In other words, he cried more. He cried a great deal. They said to him, hold your peace. Hallelujah. Look at verse 48. And many charged him that he should what? Hold his peace. But he cried the more. Look at the language there. He cried the more a great deal. He cried the more a great deal. Praise the Lord. Thou son of David, have mercy on on me in other words he was very persistent the man was desperate hallelujah the man the man was was very courageous and tenacious he was crying not just the more but he was crying a great deal he was crying not just the more he was crying a great deal in other words his tears his cry became 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 sounding very alarming to the point that jesus will not miss out for, for, for hearing this man praise the lord he became so 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 obvious that people i mean uh recognized what he was doing and that was in fact one of the reasons why they tried to sort of like restrain him but i love his prayers he was saying something that some no one has ever done if you read your bible from the book of revelation uh, genesis unto revelation you discover that this is one of the most important prayer in the life of every believer number one thou son of david have mercy on me Thou, the man did not even say, Lord, I am blind. Heal my eyes. Let me have my sight. That could not have caught the attention of Jesus. But what catches the attention of Jesus was the statement, Thou, son of David, have mercy on me. Wow. Why son of David? And Jesus wasn't the son of David. He was like the ancestor or the grand, grand, great, grand, grand, grandson of David. Praise the Lord. But let's look at the reason why David was mentioned. This man, I believe, had knowledge about the word of God. I believe this man may have had some historical um, um, idea as to the relationship with David and God and God's covenant with David. Praise the name of the Lord. Look at Psalm 89, verse 34 to 37. Psalm chapter 89. Praise the Lord. Psalm 89. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's see something here. What was this man saying? Psalm 89. When he was saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. He was not a fool. No, no, no. He, he knew exactly what he was doing. And he was doing it directly to the, the, the attention of Jesus Christ. Psalm 89. I'll be reading from verse um, 34 to 37. It says, My covenant will I not break. This is God speaking. This is the word of God. God is saying, I am not a covenant breaker and I will never break one and I don't intend to do so. My covenant will I not break. This is almighty God. Nor alter the things that is gone out of my mouth. In other words, whatever that will go out of my mouth, I will not fail. I will not lie. I will not disappoint. 35. Once have I sworn by my holiness. That is the character of God. In fact, one, that is one of the highest character of God. The holiness of God. When he says, once have I sworn by my holiness that I will not. God says, I will not lie unto David. Wow. Can you imagine this? Can you imagine this? Once have I sworn by my holiness that I will not lie unto David. His seed shall what? Shall endure forever. And his throne as the sun before me. 
In other words, when blind Bartimaeus was saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. He was reminding God about his covenant that he has sworn to David that he will not lie unto David. Praise the Lord. That he will not lie unto David. So immediately he says, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus remembered that covenant. Almighty God acknowledged that covenant that he will never lie to David. And he has never. In fact, God is not a liar. That is one thing that is impossible. The Bible says, for by two immutable things, it is impossible for God to lie. Praise the Lord. And look at 1 Kings chapter 15 verse 4. 1 Kings chapter 15. Let me give you a few and then we go after. 1 Kings chapter 15. Thank you, Lord. Why is it that this man was saying, thou son of David, have mercy on me. 1 Kings chapter 15. Are we there? Verse number four. He said, nevertheless, for David's sake, look at this. Nevertheless, for David's sake, did the Lord his God give him a lamp in Jerusalem, praise the Lord, to set up his sons after him and to establish Jerusalem. Verse five. Because David, look at this, look at this, look at this. I love it. Because David did that which was right in his eyes or in the eyes of the Lord, and turn not aside from anything that he commanded him all the days of his life. Save only in the matter of Uriah the Hittite. That was when he killed Uriah's wife, when he slept with Uriah's wife. Praise the Lord. The Bible says God was able to keep the skin, Jehovah one, hallelujah, to maintain the throne of his leadership all because of the covenant that God has established. God protected Israel because of his covenant that he has established. God provided for them because of his covenant that he has established. God delivered them because of his covenant that he has established. God healed them because of his covenant. And the covenant was not only with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It is a covenant of mercy that was made with who? With David. So anytime you are praying and you say, Thou son of David, you are referring to Jesus, the Messiah, the Redeemer, and that he is the one of the fulfillment of the covenant of David, which is the covenant of mercy. And you know what you're doing? You are tapping at the attention of God regarding his what? His covenant. Look at chapter 11. The same um, first Kings chapter 11 verse number 12. Back a few verses. Chapter 11. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Uh, verse number 12. Are we there? Thank you Jesus. Chapter 11 verse 12. What a faithful God you are. It says, Notwithstanding, in thy days I will not do it. Notwithstanding, in thy days I will not cause judgments to happen. I will not cause destruction to happen. I will not cause you to fail. I will not cause you to die. I will not cause you to miss out. In thy days, he said, nevertheless, in thy days, I will not do it for what? For David, thy father's sake, but I will what? I will rent it out of the hand of thy son. So because of the sake of David, there was no judgment. Because of the sake of David, God protected his people. Because of the sake of David, God remembered his covenant. So when Bartimaeus was saying, Thou son of David, he was saying, God, remember your covenant. God, remember your promises. 
God, remember your integrity is on the line. God, remember your name, your reputation. God, remember what you sworn that you will never lie. Praise the Lord. Second Kings chapter 19, verse 34. Second Kings 19, 34. We're still dealing with this aspect of thou son of David. 19 of Second Kings. Are we there? Thank you, Lord. Let's look at verse 34 quickly and see what happened. 1934, are we ready for this? For I will defend this city. You see protection. So we see there was deliverance because of David's sake. There was mercy because of David's sake. And look at verse 34 now. For I will defend this city. There's going to be protection. There's going to be defense. I will defend this city, praise the Lord, to save it. There's a reason why God says he's going to defend the city. He's going to save it. Why? 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 He says, for mine own sake, that is number one, for his own sake, and for my what? My servant's sake. Wow. You know, when I read this, man, I asked myself, I said, God, where am I spiritually? Imagine God is saying he's not going to do certain things because of David. Imagine God is saying he's going to protect a city. Look at this. Look at I want to say something very deep, but please don't idolize this. Don't idolize this. I beg you, I'm on my knees. Don't idolize what I'm trying to say right now. Don't, don't ever thought, uh, have a thought about this. But let me, let me throw light on it. Imagine God is placing himself to the level of David. Can you imagine this? Imagine God is placing himself to the level of David and God is raising up David to his own level. Look at what he says. Look at this. Look at this. He placed, look, 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 God and David on the same level. I was like, wow. Why would God do this? Look at this. He says, for I will defend this city to save it. He says, for mine own sake. Then we don't need David in this aspect. David does, I mean, I mean, he, he's not relevant. God doesn't have to mention David, but why is it that God put, he says, for his own sake, and then he puts David on the same level. He says, and for my what? My servant, David's sake. I'm like, wow. Can you imagine? This was why God referred to this man as a man out of his own heart. Can you imagine the commitment, the level of the, the reputation, the standard of David with God? To the extent that when God is making mention of himself, he's bringing David on board. When God intended to protect a city, when God intended to, to provide for these people, when God intended to defend the leadership, when God intended to, to fight on behalf of his he, he says, I will do it for David's sake and for my sake. So imagine the level of commitment. And not only that, imagine the relationship between David and God. So when this man was crying, blind Bartimaeus, what he was saying, The son of David! Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Wow. He was touching the heart of God. This is one prayer that God will never, ever, ever reject. And so somehow, let me reveal a secret to you. When you are stuck in life, this is one prayer you will pray. Thou son of David. Right there, it goes to the throne of God. As soon as you say, have mercy on me. God is saying, you know, I said something the other day that the integrity of God is tied to his word. Not just that, the integrity of God is also tied to his covenant. 
my covenant will I not break, nor alter the thing that has gone out of my mouth. In other words, I will not fail any of that. Why? He says, he says, my covenant will I not break, nor alter the thing that has gone out of my mouth. Once have I sworn by my holiness, so three things there, covenant, things that gone out of his mouth, number two, praise the Lord, his holiness, number three, and then he says, I will not lie unto David. You see Psalm 89, eh? The word of God is there. The covenant is there. His holiness, that is his character, is there. And then he says, I will not lie unto David. Wow. So God is saying, I place my word upon the promises of David. I place my covenant upon the promises to David. And I place my character, my integrity upon the promises of David. So the moment blind Bartimaeus says, Thou son of David, Jesus forget about all the other people. And he says, call him. That's the one. Call him. The easiest way to get the attention of God is to pray like this. And to pray for another thing that is very interesting there is the mercy of God. The mercy of God. The mercy of God. In fact, if you read uh, uh, the book of Psalms, there are chapters that are, that, are, that are delegated to describe the mercies of God. The entire chapters, maybe about two or three of them has to do with the mercies, the mercies, the mercies, the mercy of God. God wanted to kill someone. The moment you say, have mercy, that's the end of that. There is a battle that you cannot fight. The moment you say, have mercy, that's it. That's the end. Praise the Lord. The highest level of prayer is of twofold. Number one, worship. And number two, the mercies of God. The moment you say, Lord, have mercy. You know what you've done? You put an end to everything else that God wants to do. Why? The Bible says his mercies endure it forever. His mercies endure it forever. His mercies, I know you are terrible like you may say. Oh, pastor, if you know my lifestyle, if you know where I came from, if you know all that I have done, if you know my past, if you know, if you know, you, you've done all those things because you were blind like Bartimaeus. But today, if only you can plead and say, Lord, have mercy on me. You'll be shocked to see the, 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 the change that God is going to bring about in your life in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So while he was crying, have mercy, he knew exactly what he was doing. He was tapping at the covenant of God. He was tapping at the mindset of God. He was tapping at the promises of God. He was tapping at the integrity, the character of God. Everything, he was, the prayer was hitting right there. And Jesus says, call this man for me. In fact, before he said to call him, look at this. The Bible says, and Jesus stood still. Did you see that in your, in your account? Let's go there. Let's go there. Let me show you some things. You see, I told you there are a lot of details in this account, and, and I'm just praying that God will help us. Hallelujah. Look at Mark chapter 10. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Chapter 10, again, let's go. That's the, the text we're dealing with. Mark chapter 10, 46 down to 52. Hallelujah. Verse 49, 49. Yeah. It says, Jesus stood still. Jesus stood still. The prayer of this man caused Jesus almighty god in the flesh to stand still in other words he called him to attention praise the name of the lord what kind of prayer have we been praying I'm not, listen now listen and listen well listen and listen very very well don't misunderstand me i love praying and prayer is the answer through which god i mean the way through which god will answer us a prayerless christian is a powerless christian every child of god must learn to pray 
and we must live a prayerful life. Prayer is very good. But the most important question that we ought to ask ourselves is that, how do we pray? Why do we pray? Praise the name of the Lord. And who is praying? Now look at this thing. Very interesting. The man says, he says, Thou son of David, have mercy upon me. Then the Bible says, Jesus stood still. The only way you can place Jesus, you can place, you see, there are some prayers you pray. I mean, you see, this, these are people who were there. The Bible says, great multitude were following after, nothing happened. But just one man caught the attention of Jesus. He was specific. He directed his request, his prayer. He hit everything. To, you see, pray right. Don't pray amiss. Focus on what you don't go to God. No, direct your prayer well. Imagine you are talking to me as your pastor, and you come, you're talking about, oh, pastor, my daughter, and da, 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 da. you go, my, my car, and my job, and, and then you are talking, you are just ranting through, and, and I'm like, what exactly do you want, or what exactly are you trying to talk about? Praise the Lord. Remember, God is a relational God. Hallelujah. And if you have to be conversational, you must make sure you do it right. Don't just go, in the name of Jesus. No, no, no. In the name of Jesus, what? What do you exactly want? There was a time when Jesus says, Ask, you shall receive, seek, you shall find, knock, it shall be open to you. And he says, He that too. The word is there. He that too, you've asked nothing. Wow. With all the noise the people were causing, Jesus says, either to you've asked nothing. And he says, ask that your joy may be full. Sometimes we spend hours asking nothing. Because truly you don't direct the prayer, you see, to the, through the word of God. You see, when you understand the word of God, your prayer becomes simple. When you understand the word of God, prayer will not be a burden. When you understand the word of God, you will not pray amiss. You direct to the point. You take God at his word and you remind him also about what he had promised. And this is exactly what this man of God did. And bam, blind Bartimaeus did. The Bible says when he prayed, he caught the attention of Jesus Christ. Jesus stood still. Hallelujah. And he sent to call him. Can you imagine Jesus sent to call this man? Look at this. Imagine if your prime minister sent to call you because he heard that you were going through difficulty. How would you feel? Wow, I'm going to the, 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 the prime minister's office. I'm going to his house. Oh, he wanted to see me. Oh, can you imagine how important this is? So this man that was a beggar that sat on dust or maybe on the rock on the floor, begging becomes what? Very, the most very important figure at this particular time. He was getting to meet who? Jesus, the king of kings, the lord of lords, that everyone else is striving to meet. Jesus is calling him to come and see him. I pray that you have that special invitation to meet with the Lord in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that today will be that moment that you have a special encounter. Your, your uh, situation or condition that you find yourself in will caught the attention of Jesus Christ and there will be a change in the name of the Lord Jesus. Look at this. He says, he called thee. Praise the Lord. In fact, look at the way the Bible put it. Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called and they called the blind man. He commanded. He didn't just call the man. He commanded, go and call him. Go bring him here. It was a command. It was authoritative. Bring this man. He's saying something that no one has ever said. Bring this man on. He's, he's, he's praying a prayer that no one has ever prayed. Bring him on. Bring him on. 
This man is sober in his mind. He knows exactly what he wants. He's wise in his prayer. Bring him on. He commanded him to be called. Look at this. Verse 40, uh, 49. He says, and they called the man, they called the blind man, saying unto him, be of good comfort, rise. Wow, he called thee. Be of good comfort, rise, he called thee. May I say this to you, beloved? I don't know exactly what you may be going through. I don't know exactly where you find yourself in this journey of life. I don't know exactly how painful your experiences have been. But I have one thing to pass across to you this morning that I am sure of. The Lord is calling you. The Lord is calling you. You watching us right now is not by accident. You being in the house of God, in the presence of God right now, is not an accident. The Bible says, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden. For I will give you what? Rest. You have been called by God to receive the rest you've never had in your life. The peace you've never had in your life. The healing you've never had in your life. The deliverance, the miracle that you never had in your life. The blessing that you never had in your life. The provision you never had in your life. Or whatever you may be looking for. Marriage. Business. A change of career. A new life. You want your life to be transformed. Are you fed up with yourself? Are you stuck in life? Are you troubled based on your, your experiences and the challenges that you've been going through? Or maybe every day you've been going through some painful moment, disappointing moment. Here and there you've been disappointed or maybe you're experiencing rejection in your life. I want to announce to you, he called it thee. Praise the Lord. The Bible says, they said to him, he called it thee. Be of good cheers or be of good comfort. I want to say to you this morning, by the time we finish up, with this session, you will encounter the Lord and your life will never be the same in Jesus' name. He says, be of good comfort. Be of good hope. Be of good assurance. In other words, it's Jesus that is calling you. No one else. Imagine Jesus calling you. You should be very expectant. You know, wow, he's calling me. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure there's going to be healing. For sure there's going to be restoration. For sure there's going to be deliverance. There's hope for Jesus to call me. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. He won't call me just in vain. No, 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 no. There's something that he has in store for me. And that is why he's calling me. May I say this to you, beloved? It doesn't matter where you find yourself now. Stop accusing yourself. Stop condemning yourself. Stop critiquing yourself. All that you want to know is this that I'm telling you this morning that God has been calling you over the years. And he's calling you even right now. Praise the Lord. And the Bible says, he rose up. He took off his garment. Hallelujah. And he decided to do what? To go to Jesus. He cast away his old garment. He cast away that dirty garment. He cast away that, that battered, shattered garment. He decided to let go of it. Got up from the dust. He got up from where he was. And he rose up. And the Bible says he went to Jesus. May I say this to you? There's one thing that you have to do this morning. As the Lord calls you. Praise the Lord. You must change your position. Change your condition. Change your garment. I must say it again. As you hear the voice of the Lord, change your position, change your condition, and change your what? Your garment. One more time. As you will hear the voice of the Lord, or as you are hearing me this morning, 
I pray you change your position, you change your condition, and you change your garment. This was a a position and a condition of destruction, a position, a condition, and a garment of what? Shame, failure, setback, sickness, sin, disease. So when he took out that garment, it was a garment of what? Of sin. When he took out that garment, it was a garment of failure, depression, confusion. When he took out that garment, it was the garment of blindness, shame, stagnation, disappointment. When he took out that garment, that garment was a garment of death sentence. Hallelujah. So he laid that garment aside and decided to go with the Lord. I don't know the kind of garment that you're wearing. Maybe it's the garment of sin. Maybe a sin of lying, sin of fornication, sin of adultery. I mean, you're engaged in thievery. You're engaged in gossip and backbiting. You're engaged in occultism and witchcraft practices. You're engaged in demonic practices. You're engaged in sorcery. Whatever thing that you are doing or you've been engaging over the years, you're touching this, you're rubbing that, and you are, you are, you are involved in things that doesn't glorify God, things that are demonic, things that are sinful, things that are ungodly. That's the kind of garment that has clothed you. Hallelujah. And that's the guy, kind of garment that has that has uh, sort of like place you in a particular environment that is the kind of identity you've been carrying over the years but today if only you can say lord i am going to throw away this garment i'm not taking this garment with me i'm gonna let it go my own life of sin my own life of of, of unforgiveness hatred immorality drug addiction backbiting worldliness ungodliness idolatry you name it, drunkenness, smoking and drinking and all these things. Lord, I'm letting go and I'm coming to you. Praise the name of the Lord. I'm coming to you, Jesus. I'm coming to you. The Bible says he rose up and he came to Jesus. You see, the man was humble. The man was obedient. The man was, he wasn't just crying that son of David, have mercy upon me. But he actually wanted to go to Jesus. When Jesus heard his cry and Jesus called for him, he didn't begin to bluff around. He didn't, begin to, he didn't waste no time. In fact, he ran to Jesus. Praise the Lord. He ran to Jesus because he knew that that was the holy hope. He rose up from his uh, uh, dirty, uh, position. The Bible says he got to Jesus. Why Jesus? Why Jesus? Because Jesus was the one he was crying, praying to. He was the one he was crying unto. Praise the Lord. He came to Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is the only one that the Bible says is the way, is the truth, and is the life. So he came to the way, the truth, and the life. He came to Jesus because Jesus is the one that the Bible says he came to set the captive free. He's the only one who is capable of setting the captive free. He came to Jesus. Why? Because Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. He came to Jesus. Why? Because the Bible says Jesus Jesus Christ came to give us life and abundant life according to St. John chapter 3 verse 16. He came to destroy the works of the devil according to St. John chapter 3 verse number 8. He came to Jesus because Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted according to Isaiah chapter 61 verse 1 to 3. He came to Jesus because Jesus Christ came to save sinners according to 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 15 and Hebrews chapter 9 verse 26. He came to Jesus because Jesus Christ came to give us life, eternal life, an abundant life according to St. John chapter 6 verse 51. He came to Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is the one that will give us joy. 
beyond measures according to the book of Luke chapter uh, 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 2 verse number 10. He came to Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is the bright and morning star. He's the light of the world and he came to bring forth light into, in, into our dark world according to St. John chapter 12 verse 46, St. John chapter 15 verse 22. He came to Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is the one that paid for our transformation. He paid for our new life according to the book of Mark chapter 10 verse 45 and Titus chapter 2 verse 4, uh, 13 to 14. Praise the Lord. So when he heard about Jesus, he decided to come to Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth and Jesus is the life. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth and Jesus is the life. He came to Jesus because Jesus is the lover of sinners. According to St. John chapter 3 verse 16, for God so loved the world the Bible says he gave his only begotten son. He's the lover of sinners. He came to Jesus because Jesus came to call sinners to repentance. According to Mark chapter 2 verse 17. He came to Jesus because Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. According to Luke chapter 19 verse 5 and Luke chapter 19 verse 9 to verse 10. He came to Jesus because he's the prince of peace. He came to give us the peace that surpasses all human understanding. According to Ephesians chapter 2 verse 14 down to verse 18. Maybe you are like blind Bartimaeus this morning. You are blind. Physically you are blind. I want to assure you there is hope. There is healing. Or maybe you are not physically blind. You say, but pastor, I'm not physically blind. So what has this got to do with me? It may be that you are spiritually blind. Maybe you are mentally blind. Maybe your mind, your mind is experiencing blindness. You are blind from within your mind. No more vision at all. You cannot see the future at all. All that you see around you is impossibilities. Hallelujah. Maybe your heart is blind. You may wonder, wow, my heart's been blind? Praise the Lord. What kind of language is that? Well, it's in your Bible. Praise the name of the Lord. The Bible says in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, that the God of this world, he had blinded the minds and the heart of the people. Look at it. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 4. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be wondering, well, Pastor, I'm not blind. But let's look at it. 2 Corinthians, are we there? Chapter 4. Thank you, Lord. Verse number 4. I'm going to read this. What does it say? Hallelujah. It says, in whom the God of this world, the God of this world had blinded, look at this, he had blinded what? The minds of them which believe not. So if you are out there and you don't believe the word of God, if you are out there and you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you've been blinded by the enemy. You don't believe that God exists, but you believe that Satan exists. <laughs> you don't believe that God exists, but you believe that demon exists. May I say this to you? The Bible says that even Satan, can you imagine this? That even Satan, according to Timothy, it says even Satan believes God and he trembles. If Satan can believe God and you as a human being, you decided not to believe God, then you have a greater problem. Praise the Lord. It says, of whom the God of this world had blinded the minds of them which believe not. Why? Why? Lest the light, you see that? Lest the light of the glorious gospel. And the glorious gospel is being preached to you this morning. What is the glorious gospel? It's the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. What is the glorious gospel? It's the gospel of salvation. 
The glorious gospel is the gospel of repentance. The glorious gospel is the gospel that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The glorious gospel is the gospel that says, as many as received him, to them gave he power to become sons and daughters of God. The glorious gospel is the gospel that says that if thou shalt believe in thy heart, the Lord Jesus, and shall confess with thy mouth that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It is a gospel of healing. It is a gospel of transformation. It is a gospel of restoration. It is the gospel of deliverance. It is the gospel of breakthrough. It is the gospel of peace. It is the gospel of, of wholeness, complete shalom. The glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should be shown, hallelujah, unto them. Hallelujah. So the enemy is blinding the eyes of people so that they will not see the glorious gospel that has to do with the image of the Son of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so that is what the devil does. But thank God for Bartimaeus. The Bible says he knew who Jesus was. Hallelujah. And he didn't allow himself to be completely blinded forever. He decided that in the midst of this visitation, I will make use of the best opportunity that I have and I will cry unto the Lord Jesus Christ because he is the one that will give me insight. He is the one that will transform my life. He is the one that will change everything. Now, if you look at this particular verse that we just read from 2 Corinthians 4, 4, you see mention, uh, the, 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 the scripture mentioned the God of this war. It mentioned that what he does is he causes blindness of the minds of people Blindness of the hearts of people, blindness of their vision. But then the solution there is what? The glorious gospel. Hallelujah. So this particular account revealed the problem of our world and it also revealed the solution of our world. Hallelujah. He's saying that the reason why the enemy is blinding the minds of the people is that they will not behold. They will not believe. They will not see. They will not understand. They will not lay hold on the light. There is a light. Call what? The glorious gospel. The light of the glorious gospel. Hallelujah. Of Christ. I pray that that light will shine upon your life this morning in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Beloved, may I say this to you. It is time for you to rise up from that, that, that dust. Rise up from the ground of sin. Rise up from that position where you are. Hallelujah. Change your position. Change your condition. And change your sight. Hallelujah. Let God open your eyes so that you'll be able to see. Hallelujah. So that you'll be able to do what? To see. And if only you can see, life will be better off for you. Praise the name of the Lord. If only you can see the goodness of God. If only you can see the mercies of God. If only you can see the love of God. If only you can see what God has done. May I say this to you? God loves you more than you love yourself. Oh yes. God loves you much more than you love yourself. I love myself. I love myself. Oh yes. But God loves you more. Praise the Lord. Let me show you something that happened in this same account. Go back to the book of Mark. Let's see our text, chapter 10. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I hope you are blessed this morning. Mark, chapter 10. Let's see something very, very important that I want to mention. And I want us to brace ourselves because if you've missed every other thing that I've said, I don't want you to miss this. Hallelujah. The Bible says in verse, uh, verse uh, 50, it says, And he casting away, he casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. Now, take note verse 51. This is where our topic came from. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What should I do for you? Hallelujah. Now, look at this. Hmm. Jesus asked this question. Now, hmm. Lord, help us this morning. While I was doing this message, God gave me this word since, uh, was it Monday or, or last week, Tuesday? Last week, Tuesday or last week, Monday, I think. One of those days. God gave me this account. 
And what God actually gave me was verse 51. And I'm like, where is this coming from? Then I realized, oh, it has to do with the account of blind Bartimaeus. Praise the Lord. And the title is, how can I help you? And I was saying, God, where is this? Where is this coming from? Where is this coming from? I mean, it sounds strange. And which, which Bible account actually talked about this? And right away, the Lord opened my eyes to blind Bartimaeus. And it was exactly what he says in verse 15. Uh, 51. Now, let's see verse 51. Chapter 10, verse 51. Now, please brace yourself. I want to see some deep things here. He says, and Jesus answered and said unto him, what wilt thou that I should do unto thee? Hmm. I must read this about three times so that you get the revelation. The man is blind. Jesus already knew that the guy is blind. Remember, he's a God of all mysteries. He knows exactly what is going on. They brought the man. He called for the man. He called for the man. The man has been asking for mercy. Thou son of David, have mercy upon me. He called for the man. And the man showed up. And look at the question that Jesus asked the man. Now, in the natural sense, you say, well, come on now. Why would God do this? Why are, I mean, why is he putting the man on the spot? He already called for the man. He already called for mercy. And then you knew very well. You, in fact, even if you don't know, you can see the man now that he showed up. You realize that the man is blind. You also know he's a beggar. And he's calling for help. And then again, you come back to the point where you are asking the man, what will thou do unto thee? Now, when I looked at it from that point of view, God says, that is not what I'm telling you. But I read the verse again. It says, what will thou that I should do unto thee? And I'm like, look at this now. I was going, what can I do for you? Or how can I help you? God says, that is not what I'm telling you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I go over and over again. And I'm like, but God, I'm, I'm, I think I'm getting it. God says, no. This is the core of this particular message. And this is one thing that I want you to reveal to the body of Christ. And this is very, very important. But then I read it again. It says, what will that that I should do unto thee? And I'm like, God, is it not the same? How can I help thee? Is it not the same? What can I do for you? And God says, no, read again carefully. And I struggled with this for almost like an hour. And I read it carefully. It says, what wilt thou that I, take note, take note, should do unto thee. Ah! Lord, I thought you said, what is, what, thou that I should do for thee. He says, no, I didn't ask the man what I should do for him. I was shocked. He says, I asked blind Bartimaeus what I should do to him. Ah! I was like, it's like a light just shone in my presence. I'm like, really? I go over it again. He says, I did not ask Bartimaeus what I should do for him. That was not my question. I asked Bartimaeus what I should do to him. And I read it again. I said, is it not the same? He says, no. 
And then this causes me to go online and I was checking. I checked several translations. I checked all kinds of Bible translations. Praise the Lord. And I discover it's only about four or five different translations that got it right. I looked and I checked and I realized like the King James got it right. The American Standard got it right. The Bible uh, in basic translation got it right. Bible in basic English translation yeah, got it right. Derby translation got it right. Jubilee translation got it right. But all the others, they got it wrong. And I was shocked that the truth about the question was not directed to the need of Bartimaeus. It was directed to Bartimaeus himself. May I say this to you? God is interested. God is interested much more in you than your problem. I must say it again. Almighty God is much more interested in you than your problem. You know why? Because some of this problem came as a result of you not knowing your true identity. Or some of this problem came because you yourself, you were not right. And as a result, it gives an opening chance for the enemy to come in and hurt you. Praise the Lord. It says, what is it that I should do unto you? Remember, the man, number one, is blind. Number two, his lifestyle, his position, the condition to which blindness had placed him was what? Being a beggar. So now God is asking, Jesus is asking the man about his position. He was asking him about his condition. So he's saying, what should I do unto you to change your position, to change your condition? I am not asking for what I should do for you. Because if I ask you for what I should do for you, maybe you say, give me money because you've been used to beg. Begging has become your profession or your lifestyle. What I should do for you? Oh, I need money. Okay, you take money and still go and be blind. I remember several years ago, I was in the Gambia, you know. That's where I started my first international ministry, you know. And planted a church there. And uh, I remember this late um, evangelist, Renat Bonke, was there. And he prayed for people. Hmm. Very interesting. A lot of blind people got healed. And when they got back home, their family members were angry. And they sent them back to go for the crusade that the man of God that prayed for them to be healed must pray for them back so that they will get blind. And I was like, wow, this is interesting. Most of them, they came with their family members and they were arguing that, no, 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 no. Why would this man pray for this man to be healed? Why? Because they used the, the, the blindness as a means of survival. That blindness was, uh, that blind individual was sort of like their, their livelihood. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So that individual was the one that would go out and beg for them and bring money to take care of their family. So it's like, wow, there's no more job. There's no more opportunity. The man is no longer blind again. He can see. About three or four of them, they came and, and then their families were angry. And I realized, wow. So it reminds me of what Jesus said here. What is it that I should do? Unto you. There are people who are blind. They don't want to see at all. They just, they just like the lifestyle of being blind because that's how they are earning their livelihood. Hallelujah. So God's instruction to you, praise the Lord, or God's question to you is what is it that I can do to you? Not for you right now. Jesus never asked him what he wants him to do for him. Instead, he asked him what he wants to do him why 
most people are concerned about their problems they are concerned about their needs they are concerned about their healing they are concerned about every other thing other than themselves they are not concerned about themselves and that is why you can see a man is a drunkard but he can buy the best car in town and be driving the thing that that is what life entails you can see a sinner dying and he's going to hell praise the lord and he's been addicted to drugs hallelujah he doesn't care but because he, he put on the best sneaker he thought that wow that is the, the best way to live life or oh, life is all about what you wear why the mentality is wrong you see somebody dying and go to hell they can covenant their life for money and push themselves on the edge and can take all kinds of deadly and demonic oath all because of money and then they can lay hold on that money and be bluffing around and they will die in the next few months or few years and they will end up in hell. Why? Because they don't know the worth or the value of their life. Instead, they were much more concerned of the, the worth and the value of what they need. That is why the Bible asks a very important question. What shall it profit a man to gain the whole world put together? You are the one that owned America. You own Canada. You own the entire continent of Africa. Europe. You own everything in the world. And then you die and you end up in hell. What will this profit you? So in other words, that particular account is saying, your life alone, one person is much more valuable than the entire world put together. The culture in which we live in is a culture that have respect and honor for money other than the lives of people. You see, people can disrespect others. They can hurt other people for money, take the life of other people, kill people for money, abuse people for money, do all sorts of things for money and for pleasure, for position, for status, and things, everything they can do. All in the name of money. They have no respect, no honor, and they don't know the worth of life. So when Jesus was saying to Bartimaeus, what is it that I should do unto you, he was saying, you are much more important than the need that you brought to me. That is why, if you look at this at the end, Jesus never prayed for Bartimaeus. If you look at this account carefully, you discover he did not pray for blind Bartimaeus. He just asked him to go your way. He says, your faith has made you old. His life changed. His condition changed. His position changed. Why? Because he realized. And you know what? Let me show you this. Let me show you this. When Jesus was saying to this man, what is it that I should do unto you? What Jesus was trying to do was to guide him. Hallelujah. Jesus was to guide him. The reason why Jesus was trying to guide him is because, number one, God is much more interested in blind Bartimaeus than the problem of blind Bartimaeus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is much more important, uh, uh, interested in blind Bartimaeus than the problem of blind Bartimaeus. And this is something very, very serious that is happening in the body of Christ today. People can go into prostitution because of their need, forgetting the, the, the fact that their lives are the temple of God and their lives are much more important than the money that they need. Mortgage their destiny, mortgage their life, take all kinds of risk. Praise the Lord. And look at this. Jesus was helping blind Bartimaeus so that he would act right. He was guiding him. Praise the Lord. God is interested in you. Hallelujah. God is much more concerned about your life. What is the substance of your life? What is the worth of your life? What is your value? How important are you? 
How relevant are you within the church, in your family, in your community, at your places of work, in your nation? What is your capacity? What is your level in life? The man was blind. He was a beggar. That was his capacity. That was his level. That was his status. So he continued to beg. He was living uh, 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 below his potential and, 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 and he could depend on people. But the moment he got his sight, now he could not depend on anyone again. In fact, the Bible says he followed Jesus. His lifestyle changed. Position changed. Condition changed. Hallelujah. When God do something new in you, listen to this now, everything that has to do with you will be affected. When God do that which he's supposed to do in you, I must say it again, everything around you will be affected, even your needs. You are much more important to God than your problem. You are much more important to God than your need. Now, Jesus' question to Bartimaeus, as I said, was to guide him so that he will ask correctly. Hallelujah. If not, as I said, he would have asked for money. God wants us to pay attention to ourselves first. Now, take note of this. That is why when you come to God, his concern, his paramount, ultimate concern is to fix you first. He knows that if he had fixed you, he had fixed the problem. Praise the Lord. I've seen people crying for deliverance. But they get the deliverance, they go back, the demons will come back. In fact, the Bible says the condition of that individual will be worse than before. Why? They, they go in for the deliverance, but they themselves, they are not okay. So you can receive a miracle and you lose the miracle. You can receive deliverance, you can lose the deliverance. And you begin to think that, what's happening? But I prayed, or they prayed for me. I was healed, and the powers of darkness came back. The problem is you yourself, you are not okay. So it gives them an open opportunity or doors for them to come in and bring back the blindness, bring back the foolishness, bring back the affliction and the sickness and the disease. So God wants to fix you so that you can fix every other problem around. God wants to fix you so that you can deal with every other issues around. Because sometimes we, we, become, we become our own enemy. We self-sabotage ourselves. We become our own enemy. We initiated our own problem. We self-sabotage ourselves. We, we betrayed ourselves. We are the one that exposed ourselves to the enemy. Satan was busy doing his own thing. You are the one that invited him into your life. And now, after he is attacking you, you bring that problem to God. And God is saying, fix yourself, not the problem. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God wants to fix you. If you are wrong, every other thing that will happen to you will be wrong. If you are incapable, it is obvious you will not be able. You will not be able to accomplish your task. You will not be able to fulfill your, your purpose in life if you are incapable. It reminds me of what happened with Jesus and the woman. The Bible says, Jesus met a woman at the well. Take note of this now. And Jesus said to her, I know you don't know me, but give me water to drink. The woman says, what's the, the, the relationship between the Jew and the Samaritan? Ah, please, 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 please. And Jesus smiled. He says, I know you don't know me. He said, but if you know who I am, and I'm asking you for water, you will give me water. And the woman asked Jesus, who are you? And Jesus says, he says, I'm the fountain of living water. Ah, 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 ah. She was shocked. Jesus got on to say to her, 
if you drink of me, take note of this now. It says you will never thirst again. Did you get it? If you drink of the Lord, you will never thirst again. If you drink of me, you will never thirst again. In other words, he's saying, if you possess that which I will give to you, if you encounter me, if there is a change in your life, listen to this now. The Bible says, for behold, I've given unto you power to together put serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy. Now, if you can possess that power, then you don't need to be prayed for. Instead, you ought to be praying for people. Why? Because you have what it takes. But many of us don't come to God to give us the power, what it takes for us to do what we're supposed to do. We're running to God as what? Miracle collectors. Prayer collectors. Oh, you do this. And you see, I told you Jesus never prayed for Bartimaeus. Look at the account. He says, go. Your faith has made it whole. Why? The man laid hold on the secret. Jesus said to him, what is it that I should do unto you? So blind Bartimaeus pick it up. He says, wow, 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 wow. This man doesn't want to do anything for me. He wants to do something to me so that my condition will change, my life will change, my position will change, and then I'll be able to go out and do what I'm supposed to do for myself. Hallelujah. I'll be capable enough. I'll be strong enough to be able to accomplish what I'm supposed to accomplish. And these are some of the reasons why the promises of God doesn't work for many believers. Praise the Lord. Oh, the word of God is like armor. True. The word of God is like fire. True. The word of God is like a two-headed sword. True. The word of God is quick and powerful. True. It's in your Bible. But the question is, who is using the word? Who is using or applying the word? If you are unskilled, you can misuse or misapply the word. If you are faithless, you can misuse or misapply the word. If you are immature, you can misuse or misapply the word. If you are ignorant, you can misuse or misapply the word. So even though the word is powerful, the word is as fire, the word is as hammer, the word is as sword, the word is quick. It's like you giving a child a sharp sword or sharp knife. And the child lay hold on the knife and you say, cut the bread with that sharp knife. The child will cut, instead of slicing the bread, the child will slice his finger. And you begin to wonder. <laughs> he will just grab it like that. Obviously, the child will be bleeding and all of that. And that is exactly what we've been experiencing in the body of Christ. Jesus says, what is it that I should do unto thee? I want to do it to you. So if I encounter you blindness, go. If I encounter you depression, will go. If I do it to you, you will not be begging anymore. If I do it to you, you will not go back to where you used to be. Whatever I'm going to do to you, remember the Bible says, whatsoever the Lord doeth, abide it forever. Praise the Lord. Nothing will be removed. Nothing will be added to it. Praise the Lord. God wants us to do great things. He wants to do great things for us. He wants to do great things in us so that you and I will be able to go out and do great things for ourselves. God wants to do great things to you so that you become what? Profitable. He wants to do great things in you so that you'll be able to reproduce yourself. You become productive. He wants to do great things 
to you in you so that you will be permanently victorious. He wants to do great things to you in you so that you will live a life that is beyond limit, an unlimited life. He wants to do great things to you in you so that you become independent. He wants to do great things to you in you so that you will develop yourself and you live a satisfied and a fulfilled life. He wants to do great things in you to you so that you become empowered for excellence. Hallelujah. The great thing that will cause you to walk through this life victoriously. The great thing that will compel the favor of God upon your life. When you go to a certain place, you don't need, you don't need to beg like Bartimaeus as soon as you walk in. Because he had done great things in you. He had done great things to thee. When you walk in the favor of God, the glory of God that is upon your life, is a compelling evidence for others to support you, to help you, and to favor you. Why? Because the hand of God is upon you. The doing of the Lord is upon you. Hallelujah. May I say this to you? God is interested in you. I'll repeat it again. Much more than your problem. Whatever he will do to you, it will cause a change in your life in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says something in the book of Hebrews. That we are serving the Lord God Almighty who came as a high priest. And as a high priest, he didn't just come and then he just accomplish whatever he wants to accomplish anyhow. No. He went through a rigorous experience. He went through a very challenging, painful experience to the extent that there is nothing upon the face of the, this life that you go through that Jesus is ignorant about. When you talk about headache, he knows. When you talk about side pain, he knows. When you talk about being sick, he knows. When you talk about disappointment, he knows. When you talk about failure, he knows every single thing. Why? Because he had experienced every single thing upon the face of the earth. As an high priest. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 17 and 18. Hebrews 2, 17 and 18. Are we there? Wherefore in all things. Hallelujah. Wherefore in all things. Do you see that there? Not some. In all things. It behooved him to be made like. Look at this. Look at this. It behooved him to be made like unto his brethren. He was made human like as unto us, praise God. Why? That he might be a merciful and faithful high priest. Zabrit Shagadia Koska. That he might be a faithful high priest, merciful and faithful high priest in what? In things pertaining to God and to make what? Reconciliation for, for the sins of the people. Verse 18. For in that he himself, take note, take note, in that he himself had suffered, been tempted, he is able to what, 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 to succumb them that are what, that are tempted. Zare cash cobredia. Jesus was tempted. So when you talk about temptation, Jesus knows exactly what you are going through and he understands it better than anyone else because he was tempted by the enemy. He knows the pressure, the tension of temptation and so when you go through temptation jesus is saying i know what you go through so i know he, you know he's not jesus is not like you and i you know like a, a man will say oh we're pregnant my wife and i were pregnant we're expecting a baby the woman will sit there and she'll be angry when the man is bluffing who is pregnant he said, but we're pregnant we're expecting a baby she'll be angry don't talk that nonsense 
If you are pregnant, come and carry the baby. Why? The woman knows what she's going through. She knows her pain. She knows the inconveniences. She knows how the baby kicks. Praise the Lord. She knows what is it like. You know, when all the trimesters are changing, the appetite is coming for this and that. How she feels uncomfortable. When the place is hot. When she has sleepless night. While Oga is snoring, he's sleeping and everything is fine for him. She has to be uncomfortable, have to wear something else, change her dress, change this, change her looks. Everything is so uncomfortable. Now, if you say to this man, oh, my baby is kicking. My baby is kicking. Oh, wow. The baby is kicking. That is what the man will be saying. Thank God the baby is kicking. But if you say to a woman who has been a mother, it's all the baby is kicking. Uh, kicking. You, she will say, oh, my goodness. I know what it feels like. Oh my goodness. Ah, oh, it's going to be fine. You'll be okay, okay? Take your time, take your time. Don't stretch yourself too much. Because she had the experiences, she knows exactly how painful it is when the baby is kicking in there. <laughs> but for the father, he would say, Oh my goodness, thank God the baby is kicking. Ooh, he looks so cute. He's wonderful. And let me touch, let me see. But another woman, another mother who had experienced it knows exactly what it is like. Praise the Lord. May I say this to you? Jesus says, or the Bible says, that Jesus is not the kind of high priest that is ignorant, that doesn't know what you're going through. In fact, 17 and 18 is saying the same thing, but in a different way. He's saying he had experienced what you're experiencing. He had gone through what you are going through. He knows your pain. He knows your shame. He knows your disappointment. All of these things Jesus went through. The Bible says the disciples are old. They, they left him. The Bible says he was all alone to Calvary. Not only that, the Bible says he was all alone on the cross. The Bible says he was betrayed by one of his disciples. He was gossiped about. He was, they, not only that he was being gossiped about, they, they, they reproached him. They disgraced him. They stripped him naked. He, the Bible says he became of no reputation at all. Everything was gone away. Praise the Lord. Everything was taken away and he got to the cross completely naked. Have you been naked? Have you lost your reputation? What is the reputation that you are fighting for protecting? Hey, you know, I don't like, I don't want somebody to, to, to bad, uh, 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 backbite about me or mine. No, no, you are not there yet. Listen, the Bible says Jesus lost everything to gain you, to make everything be okay for you. Praise the Lord. He placed his life. The Bible says he became sin for us. Who knew no sin? That you and I will become the righteousness of God. So look at it carefully. Jesus Christ took our place, our position as the high priest. So when Bartimaeus at this particular time showed up, he knew exactly what this man had gone to. How they talked about him. How some, some kids would come around and say, this dirty, smelly old man. And they would throw oranges on him. I would make fun of him. And some people would just throw a dime on, on his plate. And these are people who may be having thousands of dollars. They just look at him. You know what? Just take. Don't disturb us. You beggar. How they would call him names and all of that. Jesus said, I have experienced it. I passed through it. I know exactly what it is like. So, Bartimaeus, I am going to do it to you. I am not interested in what I will be doing for you. Because whatever I have done to you will cause you to do whatever you want me to do for you. Praise the Lord. So Jesus said to him, what is it that I should do unto thee? Hallelujah. May I say this to you, beloved?
this man asked right. He was smart enough. He paid attention to whatever it is that Jesus Christ was doing or saying. Praise the Lord. And the Bible says, he responded by saying, Lord, look at this now. That I might receive my sight. The man didn't say that I will have some money. Oh Lord, they've been calling me names. Oh Lord, look at, I, I, don't, I don't know, but I've been here for so many years. What kind of disgrace is this? He was not protesting. No. He had no time to argue with the Lord. God opened his eyes. The master guarded his, his prayer point. He says, what is it that I should do unto you? And the man got it right. He says, sir, that I might receive my sight. He knew very well that the moment he received his sight, he's going to stop begging. The moment he received his sight, he's no longer going back to where he was. The moment he received his sight, both his condition, his position will change. The moment he received his sight, he will be able to see the future. The moment he received his sight, he will have vision. The moment he received his sight, he will have a clear sense of direction. The moment he received his sight, he will know what to do, what not to do. The moment he received his sight, he doesn't need help from anyone anymore. The moment he received his sight, he knows the way that he should go. That is why, if you look at your Bible carefully, you discover there was a time when God said to Abraham, he says, go out there, get out of the tent, and look to the east, look to the west, look to the north, look to the south, and God gave him one condition. In other words, he was saying, keep looking, but he said to him, as far as your eyes could see, hi! He says, that is what I will give unto you. Wow! So, in other words, whatever you see is what you get. So, blind Bartimaeus was stuck, not receiving anything, because he's been there not seeing anything. But right from this time, Jesus is saying, what is it that I can do to you, so that you'll be able to see and when you are able to see, then you'll be able to get whatever you deserve. The Bible says, Abraham looked left, looked right, eastward, northward, southward. He kept walking in the land as much and as far as he could. And the Bible says, God gave it unto him as a fulfillment. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Not only that, remember Jeremiah. He had an encounter with the Lord. The Lord said to him, what seest thou? What seest thou? He says, Lord, I could see an almond tree. Praise the Lord. And the Lord says, thou seest well. Thou seest well. Thou seest well. Many people are moving and living this life and they could not see. They don't even know what is around them. Spiritually, some people are blind. They are blind. Hallelujah. And so as a result, because they are blind spiritually, they don't even know the, the, the manipulations and the strategies of the enemy. They don't even know the agents and the, uh, and the, the witches and wizards and those that the enemy is using around them because of spiritual blindness. Some of them, their minds are blind. They have no clear sense of direction. Some of them, their hearts are blind. Hallelujah. They don't even believe that God exists. They don't even believe anything that has to do with God. Praise the Lord. Some people have lost their way in life. They have no, no vision, no long-term goal, no short-term goal, no business plan, no marital plan, no family plan, no ministerial plan, no personal plan. They have no agenda for their life. They just live anyhow. Why? Because their minds have been blinded. Their hearts have been blinded. Hallelujah. And they cannot behold what is in the glorious gospel. What is in the glorious gospel? The Bible says, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. That which God has in store for those who love them. And the Bible says, all of that are sealed in the Holy Ghost. It says, it is the Holy Ghost that will reveal. And a man without the Holy Ghost is a lifeless man. is a dead man. A man without the Holy Ghost is dead. The Bible says, she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth. Praise the Lord. That is why also the Bible says, Elijah and Elijah, 
Elijah was following after Elisha. And the Bible said there was an encounter. He gave him a condition. He says, what is it that I should do for you? What is it that I should do for you? And the master asked, the servant, the servant responded. He says, I want the double portion of your anointing. The master said, if you want the double portion, the only way you can lay hold on the double portion is when you will see me. If only you will see me, that double portion will be yours in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. How I pray you receive that double portion in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray you receive that double portion in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. May I say this to you? That God loves you this morning. God cares for you this morning. Be confident in whatever God is doing. Finally, in the same account, let's see what happened. The Bible says that Jesus said unto blind Bartimaeus, Go thy way. He says, Thy faith has made thee whole. The man did not stop. The Bible says he kept going and he continued to follow Jesus. Just a word from the Lord. Just a word from the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Just a word from the Lord. That word was a word of assurance. Praise the name of the Lord. Just a word. May I say this to you? Hmm. The word of God is powerful. The instruction of the Lord is important. Praise the Lord. Two things I want to reveal to you and then we're going to pray. Number one, lay hold on the word. Jesus, as I said, did not pray for blind Bartimaeus. He gave him his word. Go, thy way, thy faith had made thee whole. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 22. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 22. Go, thy way. The Bible says, thy faith had made thee whole. You must have assurance, trust, depend on the word of God. Proverbs chapter 4, are we there? Thank you, Jesus. Can we read verse number 22? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Look at the psalmist admonishing. Hallelujah. Look at the admonishment of the psalmist and Solomon. Hallelujah. Look at it. It says verse 22. Take it from verse um, verse 20, 21, 22. It says, my son, attend to my words. Hallelujah. Incline thine ear unto my saying. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy heart. Verse 22. What does it say? It says, for they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh keep thy heart with all diligence out of it are the issues of life for they are life for they are life unto those that find if you find the word the word is life jesus says the words that i speak to you they are spirit and they are life. So whenever you lay hold on the word, whenever you have an instruction from the word, whenever you have an instruction from the Lord himself, whenever God speaks to you, whether in your personal quiet time, whether through a man of God as I'm speaking right now, whether through the word of God itself, maybe you're reading or maybe a message, lay hold on that word. Because if you do so, the Bible says, uh, it says, for they are life unto those that find them. It will bring spiritual life, marital life, financial life, academic life, a relational life, life in every area. When you lay hold on the word of God, you lay hold on life. When you find the word, hold on to it because the Bible says the word is life. The word is life. They are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. You'll be healthy. You'll be healthy. You'll be healthy. Because God has never break his promises. God has never failed. The promises of God, they are yea 
and they are amen. All, in fact, the Bible says, not some, not few, it says all the promises of God, they are yea and they are amen. When you lay hold on the promises of God, your life will never be the same again in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And finally, you must be confident in him. When Jesus called blind Bartimaeus, and Jesus gave an instruction to blind Bartimaeus, he was confident in whatever Jesus was saying. He lay hold on the word of Jesus, and he was confident in it. He didn't stand there to say, Ah, sir, you did not anoint my eyes. Eh, eh, sir, excuse me, sir, you didn't pray for me. Sir, sir, I'm sorry, sir. Uh, uh, what, about, what about the water? You didn't wash my face. He didn't say, Ah, man of God, you don't touch my head. Touch my head for the anointing. No, nothing like that. What happened? He says, Go thy way. The man believed. He had confidence. First John chapter 5. First John chapter 5, verse number 14. You must have confidence. I love this. He says, And this is the confidence that we have in God, in Him. This is the confidence that we have. This is the confidence that we have. What is this confidence? What is this confidence that we have? What is it? That if you, that if I, and that if we as Christians, as believers, it says that if we ask anything, what is anything, please? Anything is anything. Anything that is what? According to his will. If we ask anything according to his will, if we ask anything according to his will, if we ask anything, make sure it is the will of God. Anything you can ask, make sure it is the will of God. If you ask anything according to his will, what does the scripture say? He heareth us. Wow. So when Jesus said to him, what is it that I should do to you? He says, sir, if you fix my eyes, my life will be okay. <laughs> that was the will of God. Of course, God wants him to see. And he says, go. Thy way. Thy faith has made thee whole. May I say this to you? I want to speak to you this morning. I want to pray for you this morning. But you must have confidence in God. Have confidence in the integrity of God. Have confidence in the word of God. Have confidence in the promises of God that he will not lie unto you as he said. He will not lie unto David. So when Bartimaeus says, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. He was saying, Sir, I am confident that your mercy will prevail today. I am confident that you will heal. I am confident that you will restore my life. I am confident that I will encounter you. And I'm confident that there is going to be a change. May I say this to you? And I'm going to ask you again. Back to the topic. How can I help you? That is the question that God is asking this morning. How can I help you? How can I help your health? How can I help you with your finances? How can I help you with your ministry? How can I help you with what you're going through? How can I help you regarding your children? How can I help you concerning your career? How can I help you for your status? How can I help you concerning your marriage? How can I help you concerning your nation, the government? How can I help you? God wants to help. God is a helper. Remember the psalmist says, the Lord is my helper. The Lord is my keeper. The Lord is the shade upon my right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by the nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and I come in from this time forth, even forevermore. May I say this to you? The Lord is your helper. He will help you. He will help you. Isaiah says, the Lord God will help me and I will not be ashamed. And he's saying, how can I help you? The Lord God will help me and I will not be ashamed. But the thing is, God is saying, how can I help you? Make sure you pray right this morning.
Make sure your prayers are in line with the word of God. If you have this confidence, like we've just read, according to 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, that this is the confidence that we have. And what is that confidence? That if we ask anything, anything is anything according to his will. The Bible says, he hears us. He will hear this morning in the name of Jesus. And the Bible says, if you find the word that he has promised, lay hold of those words because those words are life to those who find them. Can we pray this morning? Just as blind Bartimaeus prayed, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. And when he got to Jesus, he said, sir, that I might receive my sight. Remember, God is much more interested in you than the problem. Hallelujah. If only you can lay hold on the mercy of God, it will be well with you. Hallelujah. And the mercy of God gives you access now to what? To ask whatever. Then when that mercy prevailed, the Bible says, Jesus said to him, what is it that I should do unto thee? Hallelujah. God wants to use you. He wants to use you to accomplish great and mighty things in this life. Lift up your voices right now and pray. Let us talk to the Lord. Zabrabo shakataye. Zambre pekute zagatala yamuda. Le riba brado de gesia katambre dosia. Gentilebos kalagasa breti leta yuskuru. Lambra batelisco, pambre bodosia delex candrebosa. Whatever it is that you are going through, God knows exactly what it is. God knows exactly what it is. But he's saying for behold, you have what it takes. He says, the power is nigh thee, even at thy mouth. It is up there, it says that he has given us dominion, dominion upon the face of the earth. Yes, but that is not working. Why is it not working? Because you are looking unto God to do things to, uh, for you, instead of believing that he will do things to you. Lift up your voices and pray. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Ask him for mercy. Mercy, mercy. Let his mercy prevail over judgment. Let his mercy prevail upon your life to change and turn things around. Have mercy, Lord. Have mercy, Lord. Mercy, mercy is the highest form of prayer. Mercy, mercy. Mercy concerning my husband. Mercy concerning my children. Mercy concerning my health. Concerning my finances, my business. Mercy concerning my children. Mercy concerning my wife, Lord. Have mercy. Mercy, mercy concerning my pastor. Mercy concerning the ministry. Mercy concerning my job. Mercy in every area, Lord. Concerning my papers. Lord, concerning my spiritual health my prayer life, my consecration. Lord, even if you are a backslider, plead for mercy. Mercy, 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 mercy. It is the highest form of praying. Ask for mercy this morning. 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 He will forgive. He will cleanse. He will restore. This is the confidence that we have. That if we ask anything according to his will, yes, Blind Bartimaeus was guided to pray for what God will do to him. And he got it right. He said, sir, do it to me. Make me to have my sight back. He got his sight right away. Nothing else. Since that day, nothing else was said against or about this man. He followed Jesus. Lift up your voices unto the Lord. And said, Lord, touch my heart. 
Touch my heart. Touch my mind. Touch me in every area. Show mercy, Lord. Mercy. 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 Mercy upon me. Let the mercy prevail over judgment. Let the mercy of God have his way. Let the mercy of God have his way. Let the Lord have his way. Let the Lord have his way. I put my hands in his hand. And let it away in his presence. Away with the Lord. Let the Lord, my brethren, let the Lord have his way. Oh, let the Lord have his way. Let the Lord have his ways. Put my hands in his hands and let him lead away in his presence. Oh, away with the Lord. Let the Lord, my brethren, let the Lord have his way. Let him have his way. Let the Lord have his way. Let the Lord have his ways. Put my hands in his hands and let him lead away in his presence. Oh, away with the Lord. Let the Lord, my brethren, let the Lord have his way. Let the Lord, let the Lord have his way. Let the Lord have his way. I put my hands in his hands and let him lead away in his presence away with the lord let the lord my brethren let the lord have his way remember the prayer of lazarus was a prayer of mercy and repentance it was a prayer of faith it was a prayer of covenant and was also obedient at the end. I want us to ask the Lord this morning. Maybe you have lost your faith. Say, Lord, revive, restore my faith. Maybe you have forgotten or broken the covenant. Lord, repair, rebuild my covenant. It was a prayer of faith. Lord, strengthen my faith. Strengthen my faith. He was obedient. The man was obedient. I want us to pray together. Say with me. Everywhere, those of you who are watching all over the world, let's pray together. Say, there, Lord Jesus, I come before you today. I'm so sorry for my life of unbelief, faithlessness, and fear. I am so sorry. I apologize. For every aspect of self-centeredness, pride and arrogance, I missed the opportunity. And most times, instead of crying and begging and pleading, I am arrogant in your presence. I tend to become very, very suspicious and sophisticated. Instead of being humble, to cry aloud and to beg and to plead for mercy. Lord, I bow down before you this morning. I'm begging you for your mercy, Lord. Have mercy upon me. Have mercy upon my heart. Have mercy upon my soul. 
have mercy upon my mind have mercy upon my spirit have mercy upon my ways have mercy have mercy have mercy upon my lifestyle have mercy upon my mind my thoughts have mercy have mercy have mercy upon my marriage have mercy upon my children have mercy upon my wife have mercy upon my husband have mercy upon every area of my life have mercy upon me for the thing that i have done all the way that i've chosen wrongfully have mercy 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 lord mercy lord mercy lord let your mercy speak over judgment let your mercy speak over judgment let your mercy speak over judgment let your mercy lord speak over judgment let your mercy speak oh god over sicknesses and disease let your mercy speak oh god over failure shame and setback let your mercy speak over every bondage and yokes lord let your mercy destroy every yoke in my life let your mercy reign let your mercy reign let your mercy reign in my life in everything that i do have mercy have mercy have mercy have mercy have mercy in the name of jesus amen 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 now the second aspect of this is jesus said to him what is it that i should do unto thee we're not asking for god to do something for us this morning we're asking for god to do something to us lord do it to me lord change my mindset so that i will think right lord change my heart condition change my character my ways the bible says if a man's ways please the lord he will make even his enemies to be at peace with him lord change that which ought to be changed transform that which ought to be transformed lord impact my life lord let there be a change because when your life is in line with the word of god everything will fall into place when your life is submitted to god everything will be submitted to you when your life is in accordance with the will of God, everything will come and fall in alliance to your will. Yes, Lord. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I surrender my will to your will. I surrender my heart. I surrender my soul. I surrender my spirit. I surrender my mind. I surrender my body. I surrender everything to you. Holy Spirit of the living God. Do whatever you want to do in me. Do whatever you want to do to me. That will cause me, Lord, to be a testimony. Do it to me, Lord. 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 Do it to me for a change. Do it to me for an encounter. Do it to me for a miracle. Do it to me for deliverance. Do it to me for healing. Do it to me. Do it to me, oh God. Do it in me, oh God. You did it upon Batimius and his life changed. He became a follower of you, oh God. Blindness go away. Every blindness will go away this morning. Every different dumb 
spirit will go away this morning. Every paralysis will go away this morning. Blood disease will go away this morning. Heart disease will go away this morning. Arthritis will go away this morning. Cancer will go away this morning. Let the Lord do it to you. Let the Lord do it on you. Upon you. Lord, I am at the center of it, O God. It is me, it is me, O Lord. Like the songwriter says, standing in the midst of you. Lord, it is me. Do it upon me. Do it to 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 me. E calabos brandelebesha. Ilia kuskambrede. La robiska protis yalabande. Maruba skeli agadusketa ribonda. Jeshi sokora balandi e barotiege. Maregelus kadarala. Lord, do it to me, O God. Do it in me, O God. Do it upon me, O God. Do it, O God. Without you, I can do nothing. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Finally, the Bible said, Jesus said, Go thy way. Thy faith has made thee whole. May I say this to you? The word itself is life, the word itself is God. So anything that comes out of the mouth of God, the Bible says, shall not return unto him void. I want to let you know this morning. We're going to pray simple prayer. We have no business with that useless devil. We have no business with any demons out there. Trust me, when they hear the word, they will flee. Ah! There is no demon that can resist the word of God. There is no powers of darkness. There is no sickness that can resist the word of God. And so we're going to pray the word this morning. The word that says, by his stripes you were healed. The word that says he came to set the captives free and you are free. The word that says whom the son set free is free indeed. You are free. The word that says he came to give us abundant life. Raise up your hand everywhere. Raise up your hand everywhere. Father, as a covenant with your word that you have said, your covenant you will not break. Nor alter the words or the things that has come out of your mouth. Lord, you have sworn to your servant that you will not lie unto us. Therefore, we are asking, Thou son of David, have mercy upon every one of us this morning. We are begging, we are pleading, Lord. Thou son of David, your word says, By whose stripes we were healed. I decree, Thou son of David, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy and heal your people this morning in the name of Jesus. Every sicknesses or disease under the sound of my voice, by the anointing power of the Holy Ghost, I command the healing power of God rest upon you, rest upon you, rest upon you, rest upon you, rest upon you. Be here, be here, be here, be here in the name of Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus made a public show of the enemy. Triumphing over them in it. I decree and I declare. Any affliction in your body, your soul, your spirit, concerning your health, your family. Any demonic affliction. Anything that is sponsored by the powers of darkness, witchcraft manipulation. 
demonic assignment or whatever activity of the wicked one by the power of the holy ghost i cause those power thou son of david have mercy destroy every captivity this morning in the name of jesus be destroyed 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 in the name of jesus every demonic bondage satanic bondage witchcraft bondage ancestral bondage marie spirit bondage serpentine spirit bondage underworld bondage bondage of sexual immorality bondage of the world and lust bondage of unforgiveness bondage of hatred be broken in the name of jesus every foundational battle in your life in my life in our lives we decree and declare let that battle come to an end in the name of jesus every evil calamity every abnormality blindness spiritual blindness physical blindness blindness in whatever way or form whatever it is by the power of the holy ghost blindness in your minds your heart your spirit your soul or your body i command thou son of david have mercy upon us and let our eyes be open in the name of jesus receive your sight 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 Whatever it is that has held you bound, I set you free. I dethrone the counsel of the evil one upon your life in Jesus' name. Let the counsel of Jehovah reign upon your life in Jesus' name. I decree by the glory and the grace of our God. I decree by the mercy and the favor of Almighty God. I decree upon your spirit, upon your soul, upon your body anyone that concerns you anyone that is part of your family or your lineage by the power of the holy ghost as come today i put an end to calamities i put an end to bondages and sicknesses and diseases i put an end to failure and depression and poverty i put an end to that beggarly spirit lack and want i put an end to stagnation i put an end to detaining uh, your life i put an end to every form of failure by the power of the holy ghost and through the mercies of almighty god you are free in the name of jesus christ i decree divine intervention i decree greatness of god I decree transformation of God. I decree divine excellence of God. I decree that the hand of God rests upon you. That that change will be permanent. That that encounter that you are having right now will be permanent. By the power of the Holy Spirit, your Lord Jesus Christ made you whole. By the power of the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus Christ made thee whole. By the power of the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus Christ made thee whole. You are made whole spiritually, emotionally, mentally, your heart, your mind, uh, financially, materially, physically, whatever aspect of your life that is affected. I decree and I declare whatever that is affected by the powers of darkness, the Lord Jesus made you whole in Jesus' name. 
I decree you will triumph. I decree you will excel. I decree you will prosper. I decree you will be healthy spiritually as well as physically. I decree you will be wealthy spiritually as well as physically. I decree it shall be well with you in every area of your life. I counsel and I curse every form of limitation. Whatever it is that the enemy wants to do that he wants to narrow you down. I expel them out of your life and I decree for divine expansion, divine enlargement. Excellence be your portion in Jesus' name. The Lord will visit you from this moment. You will never be the same. He will visit your family from this moment. They will never be the same. Spirit of the living God, I decree and I declare that Father, we can become an evidence of your faithfulness. We will be the evidence and the testimony of your integrity. We will be the evidence and the testimony of the fulfillment of your word. That when the world will look at us, they will say that is the fulfillment of God's word. That is the fulfillment of God's mercy. That is the fulfillment of God's goodness. Do it, O God, for your namesake. Lord God Almighty, do it for your namesake. Deliver for your namesake. Restore for your namesake. Heal for your namesake. Save for your namesake. Transform for your namesake. Bless for your namesake. Help your people for your namesake. In the name of Jesus Christ. You are healed right now. You are delivered right now. You are blessed right now. You are highly favored right now. You will excel as from this moment. You will go forward. You become unstoppable. You become unstoppable in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit of the living God. We bless your name. We give you all the praise. Thank you for all that you have done. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your deliverance. Thank you for your healing. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for your provision. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your redemption and restoration. Thank you for comfort. Thank you for joy. Thank you for peace. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lift up your voices everywhere in the house. Let's thank the Lord. Let's give him praise. Let's give him all the glory. Let's honor him. Let's adore him. Let's worship him this morning. Let's celebrate his faithfulness. Let's celebrate his greatness and his goodness towards us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for all that you have done. Thank you for divine encounter. Thank you for restoration. Thank you for healing. Thank you because blindness is gone. Paralysis is gone. Heart disease gone. Kidney failure gone. Liver problem gone. Yes, 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 yes. Disease in your lungs gone. Whatever sickness and disease gone. Appendicitis gone. Yes, yes, yes. Pain within your muscles, gone. Excruciating headache, pain, gone. In the name of Jesus, you are free. You are delivered. You are here. Check yourself right now. You will see that the Lord has healed you. Side pain has gone. Chest pain has gone. Back pain, gone. Yes, yes. Pain in your, your, your joint, gone. Pain in your ears, gone. Infection in your ears just melt away right now. Blindness disappear right now. Yes, yes, the Lord has healed you. Touch yourself and check it out. You'll see the wonder-working manifestation of God's healing power upon your life. You are trusting God for marriage. You are trusting God for provision. You are trusting God for traveling, visa. You are trusting God for, 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 for a job. You are trusting God to, to, uh, to cancel a case that is pending against you. You are trusting God that you have to go to a court. You have to go in for a, a, an interview or for something else. Whatever the case might be, I pray for you right now. That individual that has to go to court, Lord, favor him or her, Lord. 
The individual, Lord, that has to go for an interview, favor them, O oh God. The individual that is believing you for marriage, favor him or her, O oh God. The individual that is trusting you, O oh God, for traveling, visa, make a way for them, O oh God. That individual that wants to make an investment, Lord, intervene, O oh God, and help. Whatever the case might be that they are believing you for, or whatever problem, whatever battle, let it come to an end in Jesus' name. Make a way where there is no way. Let there be an open heaven upon the life of your people, so that, Lord, your name will be glorified. Thank you, Spirit of the living God. We celebrate your faithfulness. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we worship. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. And those of you who are watching, you can also check yourself and send us your testimony. Let us know what the Lord has done for you so that together we will celebrate the faithfulness of God and testify about all that he has done. Praise the name of the Lord. We want to let you know that we love you.